welcome to episode 48 of In The Saddle podcast. I am Mark Roski, your host, and I'm joined by some regulars, Paul Callahan. How's it going, Paul? Oh, it's very good, Mark. How are you? I'm good. Um, you're in great form, which is good. Um, I've seen some of your selections already, uh, some ambitious picks there. I don't know. They're be all favourites, are they? Yeah, yeah. Are you sure? You, are you, it's a plug for the bookies here. I'm joking. Chris Loder, how's it going? Yeah, not too bad. Looking forward to uh, talking about this meeting. It's I always feel that this is where the jumps takes another gear. And uh, yeah, really looking forward to uh, seeing what Cheltenham Festival clues will be on offer. Sounds good. Um, and we have uh, a newbie on today. We have uh, Neve Townsend from Red End Racing. How's it going, Neve? Yeah, going well. Thanks for having me on. All good. Um, I think a lot of listeners will be looking forward to your insight um, from everybody on board today. We're going to be covering the Cheltenham meeting that starts tomorrow on Friday. And we're going to on Saturday as well and Sunday. And obviously, we've got a bit of Ireland on Sunday. Um, just to get things get get things kicked off here. First race we're going to look at on Friday is a three o'clock Glenfargus County Handicap Chase. Um, I don't think we're going to have much debate here about which one we want to be on. Do you know we'll start with Neve. Which one are we with? Has to be easy, fun, surely. Yeah, yeah, I, I think mean, hang on the money there. Yeah, I mean, I love Tiger Roll, don't get me wrong, but I think, you know, there's no reason why that form that we saw at the Channel Festival should be reversed. I mean, Easy's Land absolutely romped out. You know, the French are specialists at this cross-country discipline, and, you know, Tiger Roll still needs to give Easy's Land four pounds, which, you know, giving weight away, and the way he got beaten at the Channel Festival in March, I can't see it being reversed. I mean... This is Tiger Roll's second run of the season, but the festival was also his second run of the season. So I just think we're going to see a repeat victory here for Easy Land. Did you back Easy Lands in the the festival? Uh, yeah, he was my pick in that race. Good. Um, what, what did you make of Tiger Roll's reappearance run on the flat? I thought, you know, it wasn't wasn't terrible. Um, <laughs> it wasn't exactly eye catching either. I think, you know. He's not he's not a flat racer, is he? He's a, yeah. He wants four miles, he wants entry. Um so yeah, I mean facing Gordon Elliott, you know. It wasn't in a Goshan territory anyway. Um I don't really think you can look like, too much into it, that run from Tyrell on the flat. Um Paul Callahan, your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I think it wouldn't even that one. I think Easy's Land is the one that has to beat. Um you know, he's two from two at Cheltenham. Finished seventeen lengths clear off the Tiger Roll when they met at the festival in March. I can't see why Tiger Roll on his first start over jumps. I know he's had the run of the flat. I don't see why he would reverse that. I was on a, a Cheltenham panel a preview night with Keith Donahue before the festival. And obviously connections were very, very confident going into the festival that Tiger Roll would beat Easy Scans. Um arguably could it obviously was, was maybe underestimated going into the festival. Do you know longer term projects lay ahead for, for Tiger Roll and I could see a bigger challenge coming from Potter's course at Welsh in the Midlands National winner but his best form has come with soft or heavy ground and I think it's bearing in mind if, if anybody is getting stuck into or having a, an each way wager on Potter's Corner to, to cross country courses in the middle of Cheltenham and it generally rides a lot faster than the, the main tracks Um, you know 16 pounds Potter's Corner is 16 pounds to find on paper with easy sand and uh, you know he, he'd probably need a, a career best but um, just bear that in mind I, I don't think the rain you need a lot of rain to get into ground between now and, and Friday afternoon. I'd love to see the, the Philip Kirby's train runner, Little Bruce, 
and Tommy Dowson. I'd love to see a big run from, from Little Bruce. I know Connections that it popped around the cross-country course two weeks ago, and that went well, but it's hard to see past the favourite here, Easy's Land. Yeah, Easy's Lands is currently 8-11, to 11, best price available, as short as 4-7 to seven places. Tiger Roll, 11-4, to four, seems a bit skinny um, for me. Uh, Potter's Corner, uh, Christian Williams, 9-1. to one. Looks a solid each way alternative, and obviously it's getting a lot of weight off the top two in the betting, and Jack Tudor, Tudor taking off a valuable five. And Philip Kirby's little Bruce, you're looking at 40 to one there. Would that be one you'd be looking to play in the additional markets for? Yeah, if I was having an each way bet, I think Potter's Corner, I would love to see a bit. If I was getting, if I was investing in Potter's Corner each way, I would like to see a bit of rain coming. And I just on the back of that, the, the cross country course generally rides a lot faster than the main tracks. So on the back of that, I would just love to, I would take a chance on Little Bruce. I think, you know, he's, I know they had a pop round a couple of weeks ago, which went well, and I rode a, managed to ride a couple of winners for Philip Kirby back in the day, and, and I know Tommy Dowson is his father wasn't well recently, so I would love to see a big run from, from Little Bruce. Okay, so let's hope Little Bruce is at least in the placings here, and a shock, obviously financially for many people, wouldn't be what they're looking for, but obviously for Philip Kirby it'd be great, and obviously Paul Callahan. Um, we'll move on to Lucky Loaders. Uh, what are we with here, Chris? Yeah, for what everybody else says, Easy Land should just win this. And um, when they uh, met, uh, when he met Tiger Roll at the festival, it was off levels that day. This is actually a handicap race tomorrow, so he's going to be getting an extra four pounds. So that's just uh, that's just uh, absolutely great for, for uh, supporters of Easy Land. Um, I think he's a certain certainty, and I think what's really interesting about him is I wonder if he could be a Grand National horse in time. And there was even a few uh, quotes around saying that possibly he could maybe one day go for the Gold Cup. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that's a bit too far, but I could definitely see him if he uh, continues his progression this season over the cross-country fences to maybe have a go at the Grand National. You know, I think he would be a really interesting player. Um, he's still really young as well, and I think he's definitely uh, the force to beat in this division this season. I thought the other French trader for David Cotin was quite interesting. You know, as Neve said, the French, I think, is you always want to sit up and pay attention to their to their runners. We've seen Urgent de Gragan, uh, Diesel Dallier come over in the last couple of years um, and win these cross-country races at Cheltenham. I just think that uh, when it comes to the cross-country at the moment, you want to be following the French. And uh, if I had to take... Um, if I had to go against Easy's Lands and try and find one to fill the frame, it would be the other French raider. Interesting. Have Vino Royale, a decent price from Chris Loder, 16 to 1. Um, it's interesting you, you you mentioned about Easy Lands potentially going down the Grand National route. I, I'm actually on it 25 to 1 each way, so I'm just hoping he doesn't win by too far tomorrow. Fingers crossed. Handicapper, please please be nice. Moving on, right? We're all with Easy Lands in this one. Moving on to the 335, Ballymore Novice Hurdle. Chris Loder, what do you like here? Um, uh, like I did a couple of weeks ago, and what I seem to do in these podcasts, I seem to go early with the nap, and uh, this is where it's going to be coming from tomorrow, but it's not an original selection at all. It is the favourite, does he know, for David Bass and Kim Bailey. Kim Bailey's horses have been running so well of late, obviously um, doing really well at the moment, cleaned up in the Badger Beers last week with El Presente, got quite a lot of nice novice hurdlers to go to war with and this one um, is one of them one over the course and distance last time out um, he's clear on ratings he does have to give away a three pound penalty all the rest in the field in my opinion are average handicappers at best the, the biggest threat on paper does look grand mogul 
um, but I know uh, from sources, um, I was talking, or I've heard uh, Mick Fitzgerald talking about this horse um, in the production office at Sky a couple of weeks ago because he did an analysis of his Chepstow win. I, he said that this horse has had a lot of issues and a lot of problems. Um, and actually, when he analysed the time, I think out of the two um, novice or the two maiden hurdles on the day, the one that Grand Mogul won was actually the, the slower one on the time. So I, I wouldn't really be too scared of him i just think does he know um i think he just goes in again and this would probably be a great one to put in the the multiples with uh easy slam so we've got a certain thing in the first race and then the nap in the second race chris loader best price available 11 to 8 um i can see uh i can see a little glaze in paul callahan's eyes there as well are we with him as well <laughs> yeah i can't see i'm with chris here i think that it has to be the banker maybe the weekend does he know um, I thought he showed a cracking attitude to win at the showcase meeting in October and I thought it was interesting to read in today's post in the stable tour, Kim Bailey stable tour, that he's described as, you know, as a quirky creature. Um, you know, he's he's yet to yet to finish out the, the first two and five career starts and that includes a win of a point to point in April of last year. And Kim Bailey said he surprised, surprised him in the manner of his victory at the showcase meeting. So, you know, it just seems, I think there's, there's more to come from does, does he know and I as Chris mentioned, Grand Mogul, he was a winner of a uh, hurdle race at uh, Maiden Hurdle at Chepso back in October. He's going to have to step up on that and he failed to kick on. His horse has clearly had his problems. He failed to kick on since winning a bumper when trained here in Ireland by, by Gordon Elliott. That was at Thurlis back in December of 2018 and that was just his second run. Although, the, yeah, this is just his, his second run, I think, since that. He's only had six career starts, Grand Mogul, so... It would certainly back that up. He's a horse that's clearly had his issues. And on paper, I can't see anything to take on the favour here, does he know? I think it's, it is the, the nap of the meeting. Oh, God. we got a full house here, Neve. Uh, these two sound very bullish here on a, a short price favourite. What do you like here, Neve? Um, I'm actually going to try and stay away from does he know. Um, I like this. I, I think he should win. He's the on paper, he's the best horse in this race, but I'm actually going for um, the bottom horse, Wild Romance. Um, and I'd say I'd probably go for her each way, if I'm honest. But um, she, the race she won the last time, she stayed on brilliantly at the end. And, you know, she looked like she needed every inch of that trip. The step up and trip today will really suit her. Um, I was impressed with the way she jumped. You know, she looked quite you know, professional, and she gets the Billy's allowance, um, as well as the weight she's receiving from Does He Know because of the penalty he's carrying. So yeah, I think Wild Romance, you know, probably comes into here as one of the slightly bigger prices, um, and I'd be more keen to go with a horse like her as opposed to Does He Know, just in case that form from the last day isn't backed up. I like an alternative opinion here. Uh, the Wild Romance seven to one best price available for Dan Skelton's mare. Um, I know Chris Loader backed another one of them up the, uh, the other week for Scanner, so he certainly knows how to land the winner with the mares and the weight um, through the sex allowance is definitely something to look at as well. But it's just unfortunate there's only eight, well, there's only seven runners in this race, not get the eight. So obviously shop around so if you can get that additional place. Um, Chris Loader is with Does He Know? So is Paul Callahan, 11 to eight. And Neve Townsend is with Wild Romance at best price available, 7-1. to one. Um, Moving on to Saturday's action, we're going to start with the 140 from the Horse's Mouth podcast, Novice Chase Grade 2. 
We'll start with Paul Callahan. What do you like here? Again, towards the top of the market, you know, not many entries in the field, but it's hard to see past Fusil Raffles for Nicky Henderson and Daryl Jacob. Beat Gumbel by 70 lengths on chasing debut in September. I can't see why Gumbel will reverse that form. He improved to win at Cheltenham last month, and I think on paper, Fusil Raffles is the one they all have to beat. And you go down through the betting, Eldorado Ellen for Colin Tizard and Robbie Power, incidentally, did, did a good day yesterday afternoon at Exeter. Eldorado Ellen was a good winner on chasing debut at Newton Albert in October, comfortably holding Stormy Ireland. We didn't find that form uh, yesterday afternoon on Wednesday at Bangor. And from the looks of things, I wouldn't be surprised if Stormy Ireland was, was torn out at next start with, with headgear on. Another favourite for Paul Callahan, short one as well. See, there is Zarkeva as well, similar colours to Chrissy's Dream. <laughs> 101 over the last, we still got beat, but let's, let's hope this one can run. Run a better race, uh, maybe one place better in the placings. Um, start with, uh, we'll move on to Neve Townsend. What do you like in this race? Um, like Paul, I'm going to go for Peter Raffles. Um, he's had two starts over fences so far. I thought the last day um, over this course and distance, he just looked a lot more accomplished. Like he looked like a proper chaser that day to me. Um, I think he's got the benefit of more experience than a lot of these. And yeah, I think Fusil Raffles could be the class act in this race. One who I think may go in slightly under the radar for all his profile would be Caldestan. Um, he won on the flat as a prep for the season, so he should be fit. Um, I think it'll just come down to how he jumps, really. But you look at his hurdles form, and it's really not bad. You know, he's um, finished in front of the likes of Call Me Lord. Um, you know, he's ran well in a triumph, ran well in the um, in the Great Wood last year, you know, finished midfield, but didn't come too badly. But yeah, I just, it'll be interesting to see how he gets on over the bigger obstacles, but I just think with the benefit of experience, people raffle should be really tough to beat here. He's currently best price available, five to four fusel raffles. Um, the one that you like, Paul Nichols, Quell Gestan is five to one. Again, it's just unfortunate, there's only six runners, so you don't get the three places. Um, lucky loaders, what do you like here? Um, yeah, I would say that Fuser Raffles is definitely the one they've all got to beat. But I would probably take a chance uh, with uh, Cal Destan for all the reasons that Neves uh, mentioned. Um, I really like him. I think it, I think he might just improve a little bit more this season for offence. Um, he's actually had a wind up, which is quite interesting. And um, he ran on the flat um, last time we saw him. He had a flat prep under Megan Nichols a couple of weeks ago. And he took the similar route when he did it at Bath last season, but he disappointed that day. And then it took him a couple of runs to come to the fore. And then he, he won some nice hurdle races last season and ran well in them. Over hurdles, I think he's actually the best rated of all of these, even better than uh, Fusil Raffles. And for me... I just think Fusil Raffles has had it a little bit easy so far. Um, okay, yes, he's he's won nicely on both his starts, but I there's just something about the horse that that would put me off, put, puts me off him. I don't know what it is. Um, I'd rather take. Can you lay here, Chris? You've got that look in your face, that pink button. I, I no, I wouldn't lay him because um, I can see him winning, but I just. At the kind of prices he is, isn't he around about six to five kind of shot? He's not really. I know, like I was saying about, like, does he know? But I think this is a little bit more of a competitive race. And the way Paul Nichols' horses have been running at the moment, I just think uh, Kel Destan, if, if if he takes to it, um, he's a big price there. And like I said, he was the best of the leagues over hurdles. Um, and I just think he's 
got a, a good chance if he if he takes to it. You're taking it on trust that you he'll take defenses okay. But I think uh, with a profile with his profile, I think uh, I think he shouldn't be ignored, and he would be the one if I did have to have a bet in the race, I would uh, side with. So lucky loaders as well with Quell to stand. So it's Neve Townsend both five to one, and Paul Callahan loves a favourite. Fusel Rappel's six to five and quite his likes. Zarkareva um, is an each way proposition at nine to one. Um, moving on to two fifteen, probably the biggest race of the weekend. Paddy Power Gold Cup handicap chase. We'll start with Neve Townsend. What do you like here? Um, in this race, I'm going for Saints Bonnet for four nipples. Obviously, as we mentioned with Kaldastan, he couldn't really be in better form with the guard. You know, they've had an absolutely fantastic start to the season. Um, this horse was brought over from France last year. I think he's only had two runs in England. One of them was at Cheltenham um, in a grade one behind Sam Crow. And let's face it, there's no Sam Crow in this race today. Um, I think, you know, First start in a handicap is always a good thing, and he's got a workable mark. Um, he's only a five-year-old, but Hornicles has won this race before. Um, he's available at about nine to two now. Um, but yeah, I just, I'd be interested to see how he gets on in this race. Um, and the form of his win, his first start here in um, England at Catherick, the, um, the form of that race worked out really well. I think he's only beaten something like 13 lengths behind Sam Crow. He went off a huge price and he didn't like completely disgrace himself. So I do think he's worth a chance here. Yeah, um, it's a good point. Um, you mentioned there's no Sam Crow in that race as well. You had Melon, Fahim, Mr. Fisher, um, Midnight Shadow. I mean, there's nothing of that caliber in this race. And off a mark of 147, um, potentially thrown in? Or do you think maybe just got a few pounds in hand? Um, yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to get too bullish on a on a nine to two shot and a seventeen on a handicap. No, I I I didn't think he was favourite. To be fair, now I've just seen that's a bit boring of me. But oh well. Yeah. Following Lucky Loader and Paul Callahan's lead, and you know how the show works. <laughs> anyway, right, we'll go. We'll jump onto Lucky Loaders. What do you like here? Yeah, I I can see why people have latched on to Samsone. He did run a, a an eye-catching race, actually, in the marsh. But Mr. Fisher was ahead of him that day. And uh, I think he definitely had him in his back pocket. So out of the two, I would rather be on Mr. Fisher, um, who I think is going to be a serious force this season. And I think he's really going to uh, step up. Uh, from what I've heard about him, he's a horse that's just taken a bit of a while to come to the fore. So he would be a, one of the ones I am interested in. However, I do think that this is an extremely um, good renewal of the race. You've got simply the best bets, our dancer. Uh, Slate House, I thought, was quite interesting and would be one of my two selections in the race. Uh, grade one winner, uh, winning the quarter star novices chase at uh, Kempton on Boxing Day. That's normally always uh, a race that produces plenty of good uh, winners. And he was really unlucky, you might remember, in this race last year when he was a uh, favourite. I think, he, if I remember correctly, he was... He was absolutely tanking in this race, and then he and then he was um, brought down um, uh, two out. So uh, I think he's really interesting. The Tizard form, I wonder if they are just starting to come to the fore now. It's been well documented that their horses haven't been running up to scratch, but 
in the past week or so, they've had a few winners. They had a double uh, extra yesterday. To be, f- a lot of people might disagree with this opinion, but I thought it was a fortuitous uh, double. I think um, I think Fiddler on the Roof wasn't that good, um, even though he just did enough. And then the other horse that won all of the gin joints, um, he shouldn't have won that. The horse of Phil Hobbs should have won that. He was absolutely badly hampered about three times so he was just uh he just uh, he was a bit of a lucky winner i thought that day but so i don't know where we quite stand yet with the tizard horses but slate house uh with his profile i think of the mark of one five two he's definitely capable of defying that um and he would be one of the selections i would have in the race the other one that i'm tempted just to throw a dart at and probably be the one i would have to side with as my main selection in the race because i do think he is a bit of a price and that's Sky Pirate for John Joe O'Neill and Johnny Burke. Now, this horse has frustrated quite a lot of punters in the last year or so. He's a horse that's got maybe a case of second-itis. I remember backing him at Doncaster last year when he was tanking all the way down the home straight. And then in the end, he found absolutely nothing under pressure. And he's normally the kind of horse that I don't like backing. I don't like the those horses that travel really well but don't find nothing. I like those tough horses that they might look beat quite a long way out, but they just keep finding and finding and finding. But this Sky Pirate... I just wonder if he might have turned a little bit of a corner now. I thought his run at uh, Weatherby was fairly encouraging. That was his first run after a wind up. He's going to be having his second run after a wind up. And since we we now know that horses, or since we have to be informed now once a horse has a wind up, we've seen that they tend to uh, run better on their second start. So I think that's a major thing to help him with. And I think he is a fairly well handicapped horse of the mark of 134. And we haven't seen the best of him. Um, he's, like I said, he's got some decent form in the bag um, in his past runs. And I remember he was running here a couple of years ago in the amateur race and they booked Patrick Mullins that day. And if you go back and watch a replay, I think he was going to win. He was brought down through no fault of his, fault for, of his own two out. Um, and he, I think he would have won that day and showed that he he is a serious horse on his day. But he has had his issues and he has um, sometimes had maybe no excuses. But I just think if they go at a strong pace in this race, that might just suit his running style. And at a double-figure price, I think he could definitely go very close. And John Joe O'Neill's team as well. They've kind of been going under the radar this season. They've really been amongst the winners of late. They had a two or three winners yesterday, so I couldn't be in much better form. And yeah, I think Sky Pirate is an interesting contender for low weight. I think it's an interesting comment, um, Fiddle on the Roof. I, I wasn't that impressed either. Um, and I did see that the, the usual stud specs on Twitter um, were tweeting about after. Um, well, I wasn't that impressed with it. But maybe that was just, I don't know, attention-seeking, I'm not really sure, but it seemed that these tweets were already prepared uh, before the race. But anyway, back to the Paddy Power Gold Cup. Um, Sky Pirates, 20 to 1, best price available. Bit of a price for Chris Loder there, take note. Um, Slate House, each way, 10 to 1. Paul Callahan, what do you like here? Um, I like simply the best. Um, I can't, I, I think, yeah, I think he takes the beat. 17 runners in this, it's two and a half miles. The start in the mid, two and a half mile start is also the four mile start. So the start in the middle of the course for this one, you know, it's experience generally rough and ready over the first two or three fences. So I think it's going to pay to side with a horse who has has a bit of experience and certainly course form, I think is going to be, be vital here. Your Slane House was very unlucky and in this race last year, got a typical second last fence ball. Last year's winner, Happy Diva, lines up again. Happy Diva took last year's renewal off a mark of 143. Was a good second behind Simply the Bets at the festival. It was only beating the length of a quarter. 
was a good fifth on seasonal reappearance in a listed chase at Weatherby towards the, the end of last month. And I think Happy Diva is overpriced. However, I think on paper, there's very little separating Mr. Fisher, who was fourth when last seen at the festival behind Sam Pro and Simply the Bets. And it's the Harry Wittenden trained the runner who gets the verdict here. I think it's great to see Gavin Sheehan back in the saddle. I think it's one of the horses, or maybe the horse, that he's, he's rushed back from, from injury. Of course, he's back this afternoon at Sedgefield following he broke his wrist at Perth. But um, Simply the Bet has gone up a total of £17 in his last two runs. He's a horse that's improving. It's four from five over fences, which include two wins at Cheltenham. And he's a horse that's pretty uncomplicated as far as tactics are concerned. He can make the running, which I'd imagine Gavin will line up to make the running, along with maybe 15 others in the field. And I'd imagine he'll slot in maybe fourth or fifth and, and take it from there. He's uncomplicated. As mentioned, he's, he's two victories around Cheltenham, which I think will stand him in good stead on Saturday afternoon. Is this a nap, Paul Callahan? No, no. Does he know? I think is an easy land. I can't. He's too big a price, isn't he? Well, 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 well. Yeah, you're an undercover, but you're showing your true form here. But <laughs> now, nah, simply the best. I mean, Harry Whittingham still was coming into a bit of form. Looking at Gavin Sheen, certainly a positive um, horse got a good form as well. Should have every chance. Um, moving on to the two fifty Paddy Power Games handicap hurdle listed. We'll start with Paul Callan again. What do you like here? I like T Clipper for Tom Lacey and, and Johnny Burke. Um, I think he's the one they all have to beat. Four from five under the rules. Yet to finish out the first two. T Clipper is a winner of a grade three hurdle race at Hunch in the last month off a, a mark of 134. Runs off a mark of 141, which I think he, he'll cope with here. Dandy Man doesn't seem to know how to run a bad race, but I think will come up short once again. And I think one that might give T Clipper most to think about, and I'm sure Chris could be in this camp, is, is the bestie man. Susie Smith, Michael Nolan on board was a good second of 18 behind Captain Tomcat at the showcase meeting last month. That was in a big runner field. I think it was 18 went, had 18 rivals to, to contend with that day. There's only 11 here, so I couldn't see the best man finishing out of the placings, but I think it'll take a good one to, to pass T Clipper up the hill. Yeah, I know just a little note on the best man. Uh, 54 poke on Betfair was put up by Chris Loader last time out. Actually, looked the winner jumping the last. Um, I'm just sort of beating him to this plug. Because I can see him <laughs> desperate to mention it. But yeah, um, T Clipper for Tom Lacey's best price available, 5 to 2 for Paul Callahan. And Nee Townsend, what do you like here? Um, I'm going to go with Dandy Dan back over hurdles. Um, I think last time he ran over hurdles was 2018, so I think it's quite interesting that he's back in this year as post chasing. Um, he's got really, you know, he's got strong form. Um, and I think most importantly, I only had a quick look at this race, but I think what stood out to me really is um, Kim Bailey's form at the moment. Um, he's had a great, another another trainer is an absolutely fantastic start to the season. Um, yeah, I think this horse should hopefully run, run well. Um, this distance as well, um, he seems to be well over. He's, won it, he's run at this distance three times. One five, face one. I think you know. I want to take one favourite with the second favourite. So yeah, dandy down for me. Would this be a lay for you, place lay? Uh, could be. I don't know. Three places, <laughs> maybe a one point three five chance. And what do you think about that, Chris? Uh, I think they're both two solid candidates. Um, this is a race that I didn't really 
I wasn't really nothing of the imagination was really grabbing me here I know Poole uh, was very kind to mention the Debesti man there but he's not really on my radar for this um, when we get when we get to Saturday the ground is going to be probably moving towards soft and getting quite testing uh, a lot of rain coming in Friday night in through Saturday so you are going to need to handle that ground and I don't think that the Debesti man quite handles it that well as some of the others in this field and that would be a concern to me also as well this is over um it's going to nearly three miles and over and I, and I just don't think he stays the trip i think he's more effective over two and a half the reason i tipped him up last day is because he had everything in his favor and i don't think he's got that this time around um when he when um i was talking about him last season when he looked like um winning the Lanzarote hurdle when he was an unlucky faller at the last. That's his optimum conditions, in my opinion. Good, soft ground and two and a half miles. So that's why I would be slightly concerned because he has tried three miles before and not quite, and not, and not quite got home and been outstayed. So that would be a concern for me with the Debesti man. But the one that I thought was quite interesting and another team that are in quite good form at the moment is David Pipes runner. He's got a couple in there actually, but I thought poker play could be quite interesting. And now poker play, he will have to bounce back from a bit of a lackluster campaign over fences last season, but he's back over hurdles now. And if you go back through some of his form, he does have some fair form over hurdles. You might remember a couple of seasons ago, he won um, a nice handicap at Utoxta, uh, beating bold plan of Evan Williams and AC Milan. And Lord Napier as well, who that season I think um, was a winner of a Grade Three handicap at um, Sandown. So he does have some good form going back through his career. Off a mark of 135, he would have to defy that mark. But I just think he he he's a best he's best when he's running fresh. If you go back through his record, he's shown some of his best form on his first run of the season. He won uh, last season on his return at Foss Last, so that would be a positive for me. He also as well handles the testing ground. Again, it's not really a, a race I'm keen to have a bet on, but I just thought at price, he was quite an interesting one. And David Pipe's team have uh, had quite a few winners in the last um, couple of weeks. So, yeah, um, poker play for me each way would be my um, selection here. He's currently uh, 14 to 1 times poker play for Chris Loder each way proposition. Nate Townsend is keen on Dandy Dan at 11 to 2, and Paul Callahan likes T Clipper at 5 to 2. I'm also keen on T Clipper. I think this is probably the best bet of the weekend. So. Fingers crossed there. Okay, so moving on to Sunday's action. Okay, the one fifty. We're gonna look at the planter at Chapel Stud Handicap Chase Grade Three. We'll start with Neve Townsend. What do you like here? Um, I'm going with Yala Enki here. Um, he's become a bit of a cliff horse for me. Every time I think, oh yeah, he's gonna win. He's gonna have a big. He's got a big one in him. Um, he's just he stays all day. And like Chris said, the rains come in. Hopefully it'll be nice and testing for him. Um, my big worry of the opposition would be West Approach. Um, I think he won. This is the race he won last year. Goes well over course and distance, but he's just too unreliable for me. I don't know what it is. He just he either runs really well and surprises everybody, or he just doesn't show up. Um, so yeah, I think Yala Enki. I know he's got giving weight away to most of these but I just I think there's there's something about that horse um and I do think he's just got 
a little bit of class compared to these. Um, so yeah, I think I think he's probably going to run well, and his third in the Welsh Grand National behind Potter's Corner would be standout form for me. What did you make of that run at um, Haydock last time out? Um, I didn't think it was a bad run, to be fair. I know he went off favourite, didn't he? But he was up against, you know, a Haydock specialist in Lord de Manil and Smooth Stepper was a big outsider getting an awful lot of weight. Um, I think he was only carrying like 10 stone or something. But yeah, I think, you know, yes, he was beaten 20 or length, but I just, I think he probably stays better in Haydock quite a sharp track, isn't it? So um, I think potentially we'll see him in a better light. So or I'd hope so. Um, but yeah, 274 days of a long time ago, I think he can put it further with family behind him. Yeah, if anybody could could uh, get him ready, it would be Paul Nichols. Stable's absolutely flying. Um, and as you say, stays all day, and obviously the track will suit. Um, Yalanki, currently best price available, is 6-1. to one, and So this looks like a decent each-way bet. Wouldn't be surprised if they do come from on, on the day and he goes off shorter. Um, Chris Loder, what do you like here? Yeah, um, I thought, again, this was quite a tricky race to... Uh... To go through, there's quite a few exposed types. I think it has the potential to actually cut up and not be as a bigger field as what current, currently is now. At the current time of recording, we actually don't know the final decks for this race, so um, it could cut up. But if he does take his chance here, I thought Discarama, for me, might just be the one horse that's got a class edge still and a bit more scope to come. Has run some absolute blinders at the festival in the last uh, couple of seasons. Finished uh, second in the National Hunt Chase when he had a absolute titanic battle with LeBroy. Um, and a replica, if he replicates that performance, I think he'll be good enough to, to go close in this. He finished third in the Ultima last year uh, behind the conditional Kildasart, who's already come out and done the form that, uh, no harm. And also as well, Vindication was back and forth in that race. So some proper good form on offer there from Discarama. He's he's off a mark of 150. I don't think he's got plenty in hand, but I do think he is capable still to to win a nice handicap. You know, he, he's a horse that normally turns up for the big day and he's round about a six to one chance I've seen with a few firms. No jockey de- declared yet. Um, so it does beg the question is, is he going to take his chance but if he does I think he's um, I think he's a solid c- candidate and I couldn't see him finishing outside the frame On the list Discarama is currently 6-1 to one. Um, Trainer's a bit of a shrewdy when he sends him over so he should probably take note um, Paul Callahan, what do you like here? I'm going to give a tentative nod to Claude Cap, who probably wouldn't want that much rain um, he's certainly interesting as things stand at the weights he's 14 lengths to find with West approach on the running at Cheltenham last month, and he but he makes that rival on more favourable terms on on Sunday afternoon. Neither West Approach or Cloth Cap have rode into chase on Sunday, so that should make life a little bit easier for the pair. Three mile three to cover. I'd imagine Yala Enki run well, but I could see him running well without winning. In an ideal world, I think Brioni will set the fraction has been pretty generous up front, and I'd be expecting a pretty patient ride from from Richie McLaren, and he might just be picking up packs and beating horses towards the closing stages um, one that would be interesting Captain Drake Brian Carver initially when I looked at Brian Carver jocked up I thought it was interesting Harry Fry was claiming off 10-10 but he's ridden Captain Drake on a, a number of occasions and finished second in the, the Midlands National two starts back which was his last start over fences 
and he won in them at Etoxler back on the 16th of October. So Captain Drake would be interesting, but at the prices and, and the way it's, as things stand at the minute, it would be cloth cap as a, an HOA selection. Well, that was a decent run last time out behind Frodon. Um, I think he'll come on for it. I mean, best price available for cloth caps currently eight to one, and Captain Drake is five to one. Um, so just going through the selections from the team here, we've got Chris Loader, Discorama six to one, Paul Callahan, cloth cap eight to one, Captain Drake five to one, Neve Townsend, Yala Enki at six to one. Moving on to the two twenty five slower chase grades to Neve Townsend. What do you like here? Um, well, I was going to go with Do Royale until I found out he's going to the Fighting Fifth Hurdle. Um, but instead, I'm going to go for put the kettle on. I think, you know, she's good over this course and distance. If she should get an easy lead, um, just jump for fun and hopefully go and um, win again. Um, of the opposition, obviously, Rouge Beef was very impressive the other day. Um, but once again, I don't particularly see a reason why the festival form could be reversed to put the kettle on. Um, I'd also be interested to see how Duke de Denevro gets on for Paul Nichols' first panel. Um, obviously, he himself is also an ARCOR winner. Um, but yeah, I think put the kettle on. Hopefully, she'll win. Again, getting that Billy the Mayor's allowance. Um, but yeah, I'd be interested to see how Duke de Geneva gets on at um, a slightly bigger price. I apologise for my pronunciation. <laughs> yeah, don't worry, it happens to me every week, don't worry. So, through the kettle on, she is uh, best price available 2 to 1, and Paul Nichols, oh, Duke de Genereves, I'll right, we'll go for that. Quite a decent price, 8 to 1. Um, Paul Callahan, what do you like here? I like the same, yeah, put the kettle on. Um, for Henry de Bromhead, Aidan Coleman, Rouge Viff was very impressive at the showcase meetings, but it's 19 lengths to find with put the kettle on on the running at the festival in March. The mayor carries just 10 stone 10 here in comparison to Rouge Viff's 11-3. I can't see any reason why why Rouge Viff should, should reverse that form. You know, he, he looks to have improved, but he's going to have to improve that 19 lengths and probably more to get past the mayor. Um, and I think if anyone's watching a, a race, to, like say before race, there's no crowds obviously, but Aidan Coleman on put the kettle on at the, at the festival. And even I think at this meeting last year, like I think she's obviously highly quite highly strong but his handling of the mayor before the race was just incredible he was so quiet and, and patient and kept her away from the other from the rest of the field and only came to join them as they were walking into the tape so any young aspiring jockeys listening to maybe just keep an eye on Aidan Coleman and just how he handles the mayor before before the off on Sunday afternoon um, by process of elimination I can't have definitely saw for the simple fact that Philip Hobbs runners are, are just running out of sorts at the minute, you know, they're not even running to, to maybe afford them out and, and blowing up, they're, they're just, they're out of sorts at the minute until the Hobbs team come back into form, I'd be, be I, I wouldn't be investing in them, but um, yeah, it's, it's in the slower chase, it's put the kettle on for me. Yeah, two to one, uh, same as Neve Townsend for Paul Callahan. Um it's interesting, these are both quite negative about Defy to Soul, um, do, you think, do you think they'll come for him on a day? Do you think he'll go favourite? No, definitely sorry. Yeah. No, I can't see it happening. Not at the way not at the way things stand in the the Hobbs team had a had a well backed runner in what looked a match race, I think at Exeter, it just off the top of my head and that, that finished nowhere. That ran that was very disappointing. 
Um, it was that I think one of Robbie Powers' winners was it all the Sporting John? Sporting John, that's it. Yeah, that's the one. And um, that was very well backed, wasn't it? I think, and it just never, never landed a blow. So I think until the Hobbs team turn a corner, which I'm sure they will. Um, I just for me, I just wouldn't be investing. I'd be surprised if the money came for for definitely so. See, I disagree. I think they will come for it. He's two to one joint favourite at the moment. Um, I, I still think sure, but I do think he might shine up a little bit. Chris Loder, what do you like here? Yeah, very interesting race this. Um, very interesting. Um, I can see why everybody likes put the kettle on. I think she's got solid credentials. She gets the mare's allowance. Uh, one, um, obviously at the track on our last two starts. But for me, um, Defi Desoy might he he is going to have to obviously he is. He's got to answer that champion chase run. And Paul did hit the nail on the head about the Hobbs team. They're, they're very hard to judge at the moment. They've had a couple of winners, but they've had quite a few big disappointments as well. Um, but sometimes I think when these big yards are in, big yards are out of form, still some of their shining lights can still come to the fore. Um, so. I could just maybe see the race panning out for him. If Ru- the, the the thing is, how's the race going to be run? Because Rouge Viff, um, if he has improved, could he maybe uh, could he maybe annoy put the kettle on at the front? That would be my major concern. And if Deffy's sitting off, and if they do go a bit quick and they do get a bit lit up, it might just pay for a closer that can stay a little bit further, which we know Deffy can. So Royale isn't going here. Uh, I believe he's going for the fight in fifth, as Nave said. Riders on the Storm would be the interesting one if he did turn up for me. Uh, grade 1 winner last year when he won the Ascot Chase. Um, was really um, impressive last season, but he might be slightly more effective over a further trip. Duke Des Geneva could be, could be, um, could be the enigma in here. Um, he he's a horse. I think when he won the Arkle, he was quite handy and up there the pace. So there could be quite a bit of pace on in here. Forrest Behan wouldn't, in my opinion, be good enough to win this, even though he has shown some decent form in the past. And uh, he he would want the ground on the decent side. So I don't see him running. It's a really interesting race that definitely could be a very small field. Um, but I think if Deffy got to a price round about three to one. 10 to 3 and he wins, we'll be saying, how did he go off that price? A bit like surname a couple of weeks ago. So just for all those reasons, I've changed my mind. I'm going with Deffy. Yeah, don't mention surname. I think we all got it wrong, but we weren't the only ones. I think everybody and every podcast and every TV channel didn't fancy him. Went off a crazy price on the day. I think it's a really good point from Neve. Um, Duke de Generis, I mean, it's sort of like the forgotten horse in a way. It's an Oracle winner. Um, he's potentially going up eight to one in this field. Could Paul Nichols get him back to his best? He's, he is an enigma. Um, so Paul Callahan is keen on put the kettle on, and Neve Townsend also likes a, a two to one best price available. And Chris Loder's changed his mind, and I knew he was quite keen on Rogue Vic, but now he's with Deffy Desoy. I mean, if if we can't get the winner here, right, we are we are in trouble. Maybe I should just tip up Riders in the Storm. So got a full house. Sounds anyway, good. Moving on. Okay. We're going to go to the three three o'clock, the Gatewood Handicap Hurdle, grade three. We'll start with Paul Callahan. What do you like here? I like Sebastopol for Tom Lacey and Johnny Burke here. Won the Scottish County Hurdle at Musselboro in last team running in February. 
was a winner of the point to point at Lark Hill in January 2018. And point to points at Lark Hill will be quite competitive. He's um he's three wins from six starts under rules. He's a six year old by fame and glory with very little miles on the clock and run about the, the likes of, of the Easy's land and, and the other David Cotton runners in the in the cross country race. When you think they're five and six year olds, they ran I think the, the second runner David Cotton in the cross country race, a five year old, I think it's had like twenty something runs over fences. Where Sebastopol's a, a six year old, I think he's only having his his seventh career start under rules. Tom Lacey, I'd be a big fan of Tom Lacey, who takes seems to take the old-fashioned approach when training, and he gives the obviously the patient owners to do so, but he seems to give his horses time to mature, both physically and mentally. And I think Sebastopol, I think there's more to come. Should be sharp enough if he's won round Musselburgh. I'd imagine he should have no problems handling handling, you know, going round Cheltenham over over two miles over hurdles. You know, normally, you know, a horse that would be slow coming to hand might find two miles especially over hurdles if they're a chaser in the making they could find things happening a little bit quick but I think Sebastopol if he's won rounds around Musselburgh and I think he's won round Huntington as well so I think he should be should be fairly sharp it was fourth round Huntington was a winner round with Canton so should be fairly fairly sharp He's currently 16 to 1 best price available um, run for Marco 142 certainly I mean, to me I'd definitely be competitive of that mark for Tom Lacey um, Chris Loder what do you like here? Yeah, a very, a very good renewal, I think, this will be of this race. It's, it's the feature race on the card on Sunday. Um, I think this could be a good renewal that could work out quite well for the form book over a period of time. Uh, I think Alan King is the man to follow at the moment in these big handicaps. Seems to be cleaning them up over the flat and the jumps this year. And I quite like his chances on Edwardstone, who I think potentially off a mark of one four two could be quite well treated. Had some good form in the book last season. Beat uh, Fiddler on the Roof, who went on to win the Tolworth um, on his uh, debut over Hurdles last year. Went on to Aintree, uh, um, beat Harry Senior, who was a grade two winner over Hurdles. Went down um, and lost in a photo finish uh, against Stolen Silver. I remember we were at Ascot that day. Um, you showed me how the, the exchange was working. Um, I remember we had a few, few laughs that day when there were some small fields. Um, but he, that was still a credible run. And then he ran a fair race when he finished um, sixth place in the Supreme. Um, yeah, I think Alan King, like I said, he, he he's doing so well at the moment in these handicaps. And he's got some nice handicapped horses. He won this race last year with Harambe, who I'd also keep an eye on maybe would probably be my second selection in the race. But uh, yeah, Edward Stone, I was quite impressed with him last season and uh, second season novice now. And uh, yeah, for me, uh, I think uh, Edward Stone uh, with a, a nice bit of experience now under his belt is ready to come to the big time and off the mark of one four two, uh, He could be thrown in off that. Edward Stone is currently 8-1 and shorting in places as we speak. Um, Neve Townsend, what do you like here? Um, there's a race that the conditional um, jockeys handicap hurdle that ran at the last meeting here. There are two horses from that race that I quite like here. Um, they're reopposing, and they are Tegarak, who won the race, and Benny's Bridge. Now, I, they are probably going to side with Benny's Bridge today. He went off favourite for this race last year, ran no sort of race, but he had a massive layoff after that. We didn't see him until the last day at Cheltenham since then, which suggests maybe he 
had an issue after that. Maybe something came out of the race that meant he didn't give his running. Um, I think he's coming in under the radar. Um, and actually, the other day was more of a, um, you know, we'll have brought him on. He'll be fit for that. He just got hampered at the wrong time um, by a horse that fell. Um, and just, you know, he just didn't, wasn't fit enough on the day, I don't think. Um, but he was giving over a stone to Tegarek and, you know, who's won easily. Whereas today, he's actually um, only giving um, one pound to that, that winner. Um, so I can see that form being reversed. He'll like the ground. Um, Tegarek won on his only start over course and distance. Um, so hopefully they both line up, and I do think the winner's going to come from one of those two. It's actually, the form of that race hasn't worked out too badly. Um, there was a horse in fourth that day called Wild Max, who came out the other day and won. Um, so yeah, I think one of those two had a bigger prize, but I definitely wouldn't be um, backing anything with confidence in this race. It's an absolute minefield. I actually thought you were going to put up a forecast there. I was trying to work out in my head. It's about a 300 to 1 forecast. Uh, I mean, Benny's Bridge for Fergal O'Brien. It's a good point you made. I mean, stable's flying. Best price available, 25 to 1. And Tegarak is 14 to 1. Was that about a 280, 300 to 1 forecast? Save the best till last. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, so Benny's Bridge, 25 to 1. And Tegarak, 14 to 1 for Neve Townsend. Paul Callahan. Sebastopol, 14 to 1, uh, confident. Um, and Chris Lodar, Edward Stone, 8 to 1. Um, I'm feeling pretty positive about this. I'm sure if we back everything here, we'll be glad. Uh, moving on to I'll wrap this up here. Punchestown, we're going over to Ireland here. The 210, Morgiana Hurdle, Grade 1, Neath Townsend. What are we on here? Um, I'm actually going for um, Stardio here. I think William Mullins is definitely going to win this race again um and i know some some raw some roy however you want to say it um he's going to come into this probably as the favorite and he deserved to after his win the last day i was at Cheltenham when he won the county hurdle visually very impressive he's only five clearly there's more to come from him but Saltier has not been seen since he won this race last year um and i think he's one of those horses that's just a class act on his day um, but clearly, you know, a little bit fragile, really, if he's not been seen for a year. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't put it past Willie Mullins to have the first two home and have it in the um, opposite of market order. So I'd almost be quite tempted to do a forecast on that, Sardier Santmoir uh, forecast. I can't have Abacadabras. I think he's a big horse, probably wants a fence in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't have any confidence behind the Lord Nelly at Manor. And I definitely think William Mullins is going to win this race again. Interesting. I'm so glad that you think uh, Abra Cadabras is a bit of a mouthful because obviously last week I thought it was a bit of a troll pick from Paul Callahan and tend to, tend to follow. Um, St. Roy, uh, four to five, is short in places right now. Um, and so there are the other William Mullins runner. Um, so they are is currently best price available five to one. Um, what do you what do you like here, Paul? Yeah, well, I'm not one for following favourites, so I'm going to look elsewhere. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm going to go stick with Abbott Cadabras. He's uh, he's one that I followed flagged up for the season. Um, 
probably Aspire Tower was a little bit underrated going into to Down Royal with the benefit of hindsight. You know, and Abercrabbers, I think, you know, on his run behind Shishkin, and I think if he is going to be like before his run at Down Royal, you second favourite for the for the champion order. Obviously he's been pushed out since that, but um, you know, his run with Shishkin and he's a couple of decent, decent efforts last season as well as an obvious and I, I could see him jumping back up towards the, the top of the market here. If he's going to jump back towards the top of the market, he wants to be winning, I think, or definitely coming a close second to, to St. Wall or Sadlier. But I'd expect him to get back into to champion order form by taking the Morgana. Currently, best price available 3 to 1, which I think is quite big for Abba Cadabras. I think that's the first time I've ever got it right there. But um, yeah, I mean, if you look at the form behind the Aspire Tower, um, Shishkin, Envoy Allen, I mean, these are the horses beating, beating this one. Uh, Three to one looks big enough. Um, Chris Loader, Willie Mullins to win this, or what do you think? I hope St. Roy does win this because I do think he is the champion hurdle winner this year, even though he will have to, if he does turn up on the day, give weight away to Epton. I think he's a freak and we still haven't seen the best of him yet. I am slightly worried about Saldier because he is a class horse on his day, very similar to Shakam Poursois, but obviously Saldier, we've only ever seen him over hurdles um so you have to be wary of him i think when he won it last year it was a complete mess of a race you had classical dream in there that was two to five odds on he was a he was a real disappointment last season he never really kicked on from winning that supreme petty mouchoir did finish in second place and was a yardstick in the irish two mile division uh last season so yeah you can see how saturday last year was probably a worthy winner but it was a bit of a messy race last year, I think. Um, I think the way this is going to be run tactically is quite interesting. I think Super Sunday probably wouldn't end up here, in my opinion. I think Corsu Blind will probably make the run in, which will do, I think, um, Saudi A, um, Abacadabras, and St. Roy, the world of good. You know, they'll, they all want to lead, in my opinion. Um, so at least they'll, hopefully they'll get that um, unless someone wants to be enterprising and, and go to the front and maybe play their hand a bit differently um, I think that that's where it could be won or lost if, if someone did decide to take the running up and really did fancy uh, um, stretching them all out but yeah um, St. Roy a 41 well a Tipperary on his return um, I just think to win a, a handicap um, at Cheltenham really as a novice was very impressive the way he did it considering he made a lot of mistakes. The form worked out well with Aramon as well winning uh, uh, the Galway Festival. You know, So that was a good level of form. He is going to have to keep improving but all the vibes are that he, he they're so pleased with what he's been doing on the gallops. Um, for me, St. Roy should be winning this if he's going to be a champion hurdle horse, which I think he is. Um, Abacadabras, I agree with what Paul says to some kind of extent. I think uh, Aspire Tower um, was a bit underrated in that race, and Abacadabras is a good horse on his day. But for me, I think he's a he reminds me a bit of my tent or yours, travels well, but doesn't find maybe that much for pressure. Um, that's what I would be concerned about the most about Abacadabras. But you have to respect his chance with his with his form in the bag with Envoy Allen and Shishkin. But for me, St. Roy, um, I think he's a classy horse. And for me, uh, he gets the nod. He's currently four to five. Do you think, you think he's a bit short? Just now? I would probably say he is a, lot, a bit short. 
He's definitely not one I would want to be getting in in any multiples or even back in. If he maybe if I was pricing him up, but I can imagine being popular, I probably would have put him in here around about five to four, eleven to eight, that kind of price. Oh, yeah. Um, and then just see how the market reacted. But obviously they must fancy him because he's odds on. So yeah, I think he is on maybe on a little bit on the skinny side, but you can see why he is favourite. Uh, he's got got the unbeaten uh, or the most um, recent unbeaten form. Um, so yeah, for me, uh, Saint Roy, I just think he's could be cut above these. Okay, so Chris Loder is bullish on Saint Roy, four to five. Uh, New Townsend like Saldier, currently five to one, and myself and Paul Callahan like Abba Cadaveris at five to one. No, it's uh, three to one currently at the moment. Uh, let's, let's not get too excited here, Mark. I'll definitely take the fives, but unfortunately that's not available. So what we'll do, um, I need your naps, okay? We'll start with Nee Townsend, with the nap of Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Um, put the kettle on, should I try? Shrewd, put the kettle on from from Neve Townsend. I think he was, yeah, best price available, two to one. Um, Paul Callahan. I would say does he know, but for fear that, that that's going to be Chris's nap, I'm going to side with Fusil Raffles. Fusil Raffles for Paul Callahan, six to five, best price available. And Lucky Lawyers, I can see him thinking, and you're not allowed to change your mind here, okay? Because uh, you went to pull fast, I'll keep my, my mind with uh, does he know, but I was nearly going to put up Deffy Desoy. I'm, I'm coming round, even though he's got to bounce back, because I just think he could win at a price. Um, the silly price, but um, yeah, does he know should take all the beating tomorrow at Cheltenham? He's clutch, like I said, for all the reasons um, said earlier. There's nothing in here for him to really worry about if he replicates his run last time. So yeah, does he know is the nap? So thanks, there, Paul. Eleven to eight in the Ballymore for an obviously hurdle for Chris Loder, um, and that wraps things up for for us. Um, appreciate you coming on, Neve. Um, We'll get some winners. I will be putting these naps in a treble. Um, I'll see see who I can get on with, but I'll, I'll definitely be backing them. Uh, Paul Callahan, thanks for your time as always. Lucky no loaders as well. It's all good. Lucky loaders as well. I'm sure we'll catch up soon enough. Uh, but it's been great, guys. Uh, but just make sure that you follow us on Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Give us a rating. Um, any feedback is good as well. Make sure you give Neve Townsend a follow on Twitter. Give Lucky Loaders a follow on Twitter and give Paul Callan a follow on Twitter. Thanks, guys. Cheers.